everyone, I'm Dominic Rays and this is another episode of the Merchant of Magic podcast. In today's episode we're going to go over to the studios where they're filming the new magic TV series Killer Magic. It uh, is airing on BBC Three, the first episode went out on the 1st of April and it's still available on iPlayer if you haven't already seen it. So we're going to ask the guys a few questions. This interview is going to be with Chris Cox and Ben Hart. We're going to ask them about how they uh, found filming, um, what their motivation is, and whether they have any tips and advice for magicians wanting to improve their magic. So let's go straight over there now, and the first question is to Chris Cox. So you've had... A very busy career, TV and radio performances, theatre performances. You've even had five UK tours. Um, what's your favourite platform for performing? Do you feel at home mostly on stage or in a close-up environment and why? I don't perform close-up. I never have done, nor do I do table hopping. Um, I've been offered the chance to do it for many, quite a few times and I've always said no. I just do stage or cabaret. Basically, if people are sat quietly facing the front watching me, I'm happy. Uh, it's just always been the medium I've loved ever since I was young, theatre was what I wanted to do. The reason I took my first mind-reading show to the Edinburgh Festivals because I wanted to go and perform, and I was getting quite good at the mind-reading stuff. So, yeah, my, I'm, at, I'm genuinely, out of everything, I'm at my most comfortable and feel on top of my game when I'm on stage. Uh, it's just sort of... It suits me. It's what I like doing. I think I've got real uh, respect for the guys who go up and do close-up and table-hopping because I couldn't do it, and it feels like hell on earth to me, but I'm happy to do something in a theatre of 3,000 people that doesn't bother me in the slightest like, normally because it's just got 10 people in it I've massively overbooked a venue <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> question number two being mind readers do you and Dee sit in silence having conversations with, with each other on the set of Killer Magic we sit in silence uh, just having no conversations to each other and looking at Twitter <laughs> on our phones um, we don't Dee doesn't really we've never really talked about mind reading really because I'm the mind reader of the show and Dee doesn't really do his mind reading he does more or the dark, gothier side of magic. Um, so there's not been any crossover there, really. And I think we've got hugely different styles and probably very different points of view on where how we want that form of magic to come across. I think he probably wants stuff to feel real to his audience and maybe a little scary, where my whole thing is, from a get-go, I say I'm a mind reader who can't read minds. I can't actually do any of this stuff. So I'm very um, sort of... I, that's that's where I come from. It's all about entertainment for me. I don't care whether people think I'm doing it for real or not, as long as they're enjoying it. And sometimes putting in a nice bit of process will help them to enjoy it more, and sometimes I'll just do it and hopefully shock, amuse, amaze. Like shock as in people going, oh, I didn't expect that, rather than sort of scary geek magic style shock. And again, geek magic as in, oh, someone's eating razor blade, rather than, oh, look at his big glasses. Thank you. Uh, question number three. Do you find that comedy mixes well with mind reading and what advice would you give people who are wishing to add an element of comedy to their performances? Uh, I wouldn't say comedy mixes well with mind reading. I wouldn't say comedy mixes well with anything unless you're naturally quite funny and comedy is a thing you're good at and you like doing. Um, it's all down to personal preference. So for me, I think I'm a fairly funny person and stuff that I like the most is funny things and I'm fairly quick-witted and I do... I write comedy stuff for other people, so I use that to my advantage. So it's natural for me to be funny and to try and find a joke where I can search for a joke. So 
I then do mind reading because that's the form of magic I've always enjoyed. So I sort of mix the two and I quite like that thing of people laughing and then being amazed. And I know Ben thinks very strongly that it's a difficult um, it's a difficult thing to go from laughing to being amazed. And actually, he makes a very good point often that my tricks get lost and would be more impressive if I played them seriously. But for me, I wouldn't enjoy that half as much. And I quite like possibly the idea that the humour disarms people so you can create... That, you know, my thing has always come from doing Edinburgh shows, so I want people to talk about my shows. So if they can laugh and get to the end of a trick and go, oh, wow, and give it a fairly decent round of applause, rather than the applause it should get if I presented it as the miracle it is, my hope is that as people go home, they'll think about it and go, actually, hang on a minute, they'll start to be even more impressed the more they think about it and therefore hopefully talk more about the effect. But for me, particularly in this show as well, Humour is, is where I'm lying. I want people to be entertained and to laugh at me or with me or just have a smile on their face because that's what I think, uh, that's what I would like to see. So I'm trying to give that to other people. Um, I also have a surname which allows me to pun immensely. So comedy's pretty much, if I didn't have that, my 90% of my act would be gone. I was going to say, ironically, that's the least funny answer to a question yeah. you've ever given. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's very in-depth. <laughs> it's like dissecting the old dissecting a frog analogy. OK, so this is uh, Chris and Hello. Ben answering the question. Uh, what's the best thing about Killer Magic? What sets it apart from other magic shows on TV? Well, the best thing to paycheck, obviously. Uh, the best thing is being able to work with the other magicians. It's nice. Yeah, it's sort of taken us all out of our comfort zones a bit. I've learned a lot. We've Ben and I have worked together before. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for Ben and have learned a lot from him. And he enjoys my company and puts up with me, I think. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really nice working with Chris because we've worked together in the past. But it's been even more interesting working with these other magicians who were not my... F- uh, they were, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, they were not my friends previously, in that I, I had never met them, and now we're all very good friends. And we're like, together, we're like the Adams family of some hilarious, <laughs> bizarre sitcom where, you know, the, the gentleman magician has to share with the geezer, the goth shares with the girl, and mm. the geek, well, the geek... Uh, just sits on his own in front yeah. of a computer. I'm talking about our flats, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, Thank you. not bedrooms. Um, or... And what's the other part of that question? Um, uh, what sets Killer Magic oh, yeah. apart from other shows on the t- other magic shows on TV? Ben Hart and Chris Cox. Yeah, that's what sets it apart. Um, I think it genuinely feels like a different magic show and a magic show for people who might necessarily avoid magic shows. It's so fast-paced, you've got no time to check your Twitter during the show. The tricks are really different. It's kind of a bit like... It's good because if there's someone you don't like or a style of trick you don't like, there'll be another one along in a minute. So some people might not particularly like mentalism, so it doesn't matter because three minutes after my trick, you've got Ben doing an incredible piece of sleight of hand. Um, so it's a real mix and variety in terms of effects. And it's interesting, I think, to see as a creative exercise for people watching who want to think creatively to look at the different angles we take on one set theme. It's a bit like watching, if you go to a magic convention and you see a really brilliant magic convention show where act after act is really, really good. Mm. That's kind of what we've got going on with this show. Yeah, so it's like a magic convention that you'll never see. Yeah, exactly. It's like... It will never happen, but it'll be act after act. I mean, the magic we're doing is very original. We're approaching it from a different angle to other television magic shows in that we are absolutely doing things live in a continuous take. Yeah. It's completely necessary because our show is a competition amongst each other we have to be able to witness a genuine and live trick mm-hmm. so you're seeing very honest yeah and despite the fact there are cuts for time what you are seeing can be happened live the people taking part saw what 
you see as the final product, that's the thing they experience. And particularly for Ben and I, who do live shows, everything I do, I want to be able to replicate on stage. Well, absolutely. Some of the stuff we've shot will make its way into my live show, mm -hmm. and some of the stuff we've shot has had its basis in yeah. my live show. When's your live show? Oh, and my live show... Hey, Ben, is... I, how can I get tickets for it? it well, you can get tickets. Uh, yeah, my live show is called Ben Hart, The Outsider, directed by television's very own Anthony Owen. Ah, uh, now I know why you got the gig. Yeah, executive <laughs> producer on this TV show, and we've now been collaborating for a long time. You know, and when is, years. when is the... Uh, and the show is... I am touring throughout, uh, throughout April, spring? May... June and a couple of dates in July and I'm going all over the country and abroad and for further details the readers of this interview can go to the website that is linked at the bottom <laughs> of the interview. Hey Ben, funny you should ask, I also have a live show to promote. So Chris Cox has a brilliant live show called Fatal Distraction. It's like no other mentalism show, it's a proper narrative based theatre piece of with occasional lulls, a little bit of heartbreak, and some proper decent mentalism, like the witch you've never... Like, there's some magic tricks in my own. It's basically, it's a good show. People it's, like it's, it. I can tell you now, it's a brilliant show, and, uh, and it's playing in a lovely venue on the South Bank, the Adderbelly. Yes, and on the 3rd of May. On the 3rd of May, and tickets are available at Very the link, much. which Very is much shown available. at the bottom of this interview. Yeah, or magiccox.com slash live. Spell it right, like the apple, not the penis. So this is Ben... Um, first question for Ben. What is it like consulting and creating magic to be used on stage and on TV? Do you find it stressful or does the pressure add to the excitement of what you do? So the pressure definitely adds to the excitement. But the most brilliant thing you can do as a magician or creator is to create something and then pass it over to a performer that does it better than your wildest dreams. So I've been very, very lucky to work with some brilliant magicians. But if I'm honest, I prefer working with actors who have no magic ability because you don't need to go back and erase all of their bad habits. So when you create a trick for the theatre or, or film or television, whatever it might be, and you watch an actor who, firstly, the, the first step is, can they understand the technique? In which case you might have to, either they can or they can't, sometimes you have to make it easier. And then as soon as they've got the technique, at that point, you're in this brilliant position where you can sculpt it working with somebody who has their own brilliant talents into something which is just, it transforms. I've worked on plays where I've given the actors very, very basic magic to do, and they've en it ends up looking like a miracle. Um, I guess some readers will know I've done television consultancy, including working with, uh, I did a bit with Ben Earl, who's a mo the most brilliant sleight-of-hand technician, and that was really fascinating because uh, I had to be much more of a sort of... Um, you know, my technique is nowhere near as good as his technique, so I had to watch much more <laughs> like a sort of coach or director, and that was very interesting, but also slightly stressful because it brings out all of my magic consultant insecurities. <laughs> um, talking about sleight of hand then, um, you have an insane sleight of hand technique. What is your practice regime like? Do you practice all the time or in controlled bursts? So, uh, well, firstly, thank you. I assume it's Dom who wrote that. Thanks for commenting on my sleight of hand technique. Um, so my practice regime for sleight of hand technique is essentially one of, I believe that magicians should focus less on the actual technique of the trick and a lot more on their body language. So my practice regime is usually to video everything and to play back the video and watch. And sometimes you notice that your fingers will sort of flicker in the wrong place or your hands will show 
muscular contractions at the wrong moment. All of those things are only visible uh, uh, on video. And if you want to be really, really regimented about it, film yourself practicing, wait a couple of days, and then watch it back. And then you will see the truth very, very clearly. And it's a terrible and painful process. And I advise every magician to pick up their phone. I assume everyone's phone has got video. Stick the phone on the sideboard, point it at yourself, and film yourself doing a trick. It's the most valuable thing you can do. Okay, great. And the third question is, you've had a very successful show up at the Edinburgh Festival. Can you tell us more about that experience and how it has helped you as a performer? So, my, oh, sorry, that was the sound of something falling on the floor. Um, so my show, The Outsider, uh, is my magic show, which is sort of uh, includes all kinds of sleight of hand. It's manipulative type magic. Um, I was really lucky this year in that it, it was a big success at the Fringe, which was a surprise to me. And I worked with Anthony Owen, who directed the show. And as we all know, Anthony's brilliant. And that really, working with Anthony really helped me to understand how to sculpt a show to tell a story. Um, you know, the show has a sort of loose narrative through it, and he, he brought to the project a sort of um, understanding of film and television that we could put on stage. So we have segments of video which are sort of intercut with live performance, and I forget what the second half of the question was, but... Uh, how that's helped me as a performer. So if you get the opportunity to do a show, a run of a show, you should grab it with both hands because if you do, for example, the Edinburgh Fringe, um, you can do 27 shows in a month, night after night. And that's more than most magicians do in the year. So you really, really learn a lot as a performer by having that sort of repetition. But also it forces you to mix with other, other performers and it forces you to get audience feedback. And the idea that a show is never finished is really important. So uh, creating a show, you go through this endless evolution, which is very necessary. When you go out to do a close-up magic gig, um, most magicians do their material the same way all the time. But if instead they saw it as a constant evolution, and instead every night they changed something, uh, they'd be much better magicians, I suspect. So that was our interview with Chris Cox and Ben Hart from Killer Magic. Thanks ever so much, guys, for taking the time to do that. I know you're really busy. I've added links to your show information on the blog post uh, that's connected with this podcast. Next up, we interview Damien O'Brien and uh, ask him a few questions about performing and his experience on the show. Okay, first question for Damien. Um, you've all done a great job at promoting yourselves individually before coming together for the show. Can you give our customers any advice on sculpting their own performing image and style? I think with style, it's, you know, you've got to be true to yourself. Don't, you know, change for anyone. Don't listen to when people go, oh, you can't do that particular type of magic or even what you wear. You've got to feel comfortable. The more comfortable you feel, the better you're going to perform. And... With, when it comes to performing, I think you need to perfect everything you do. You need to work hard on getting your sleight of hand down, how you present it. Um, my favourite to do is personally to go out and actually test a lot of new tricks on people in real time. There's only so much a mirror or you know a camera is going to tell you. You need to test it. You need to make sure it is down and that people are going to be blown away. I think if they go, eh, I kind of saw that you know you got maybe work on it a bit and you keep pushing it. They ain't seen nothing and they're extremely blown away. You know, you've got it done. Okay, and how do you get to perform for so many celebrities? <laughs> I, I get asked this question a lot. The reason I get to perform for so many celebrities, I've 
sort of started off, I blacked my way into a nightclub and I was doing magic for loads of artists in this club and I basically would go out and hand out as many business cards as I possibly could just to try and get my name out there and I was lucky enough to get my break and you know it kind of you know kept leading but I didn't look down on opportunities I took every opportunity I could get even when someone went right it's good promotion come down meet these artists perform from and the amount of times you end up performing to them you end up becoming good friends and most celebrities have probably got other celebrity friends, so they introduce you, and that was it. I kind of got into that sort of circle. Cool. And uh, how does your style differ from everyone else's in Killer Magic? Um, I'm probably the more cocky one out of a lot. I always, I, I'm very competitive. I always want to win. You know, uh, I'll always work really hard. I think my style is very flashy. Like I show off a lot with what I can do. And I really do play to my strengths a lot in there. Um, what is the best reaction you've got so far when filming Killer Magic? My favourite still is the fish and chip shop. The guys just completely lost it. The fact that, what was really funny is the fact that he actually did spell his name wrong and then called himself an idiot. And sadly he was lost in the edit, but he actually called himself a dickhead too, which is really funny. And he kept saying, it's in the belly of the fish. And he even questioned asking if I was a fisherman. And I think after that, he his whole world was just completely blown away. I don't think he knew what was real or fake anymore. I think it, that was it. His whole universe was crushed. Um, is it fun working with all the other magicians? It's really fun because you get to see so many different styles of magic. Everyone's got a really cool personality and we kind of know what buttons to push of each other. So we know how to wind each other up and, you know, bug each other. But at the same time, it's, you know, all good banter and we, we have a laugh. And what's the best thing about Killer Magic? What do you think uh, sets it apart from other magic shows on TV? I think what sets it apart, there's no, this background story of, oh, I'm this person, I grew up here. And like, there's no real lifestyle. It's five magicians having fun. We're kind of showing the competitive side of magic of, you know, challenging each other. And it's very fast-paced, you know, there's a lot of magic happening, there's a lot of unique styles, and everything is unique, workable, there's no camera tricks, there's no stooges, everything that's happening is real. Thanks, Damien, I really appreciate you taking the time to give us that interview. Um, folks, that uh, wraps it all up. We're going to come back uh, with another episode where we'll talk to Dee Christopher and Josie Vegas as well. On the blog at the moment, we've got some new posts. Um, we talk about what the difference is between a magic act and a magic show. Um, we get asked a question about developing magic tricks into a complete act and then perhaps taking that further and developing it into a show. So we talk about the process which is involved in that. We also have uh, an experience from one of the magicians which is using our Sleight of Hand for Beginners course. They've sent us in a video of their progress on the Elmsley count and we give some feedback and it's nice to uh, get a first-hand uh, account of what it's like to follow that. And we'll also um, look at the new £1 coin, um, exactly what that means to magicians. Does it mean the end of your coin unique and coin gaffes? Um, or is it a great opportunity to add some interesting presentations to your magic? And we discuss and touch on focusing your magic practice. And we give a few tips for improving that training.
So if you have any questions or any problems at all, drop us an email over at support at magicshop.co.uk. Check out the blog, which is blog.magicshop.co.uk. And thanks for listening. <laughs>